0: You want to help make the world a better place. And you can. Every action you do can make a difference, even buying clothes. I want to tell you about Grapecat. Grapecat.com is an online vegan-themed retail store carrying all of your fashion needs, from t-shirts to coats and wallets to duffel bags and everything in between. Grapecat.com prides itself on carrying eco-friendly and U.S.-made merchandise. If you want to buy really great clothes while making sure that you're not buying into companies that exploit animals for profit, Grapecat.com is for you. Check out their online store today. They also donate a percent Percentage of all purchases to animal charities. For great clothes and to support a great cause, GreatCat.com. Express your love for all things vegan with GreatCat.com. Thank you for dressing compassionately. Hey, Grape Cats! I'm James Lucas, and welcome to episode 13 of the Grape Cat Vegan Fashion and Business Podcast.
1: Yeah, creating a vision, seeking our passion. Grape Cat, compassion, fashion, made in the U.S. Friendly, high quality without getting all spendy. We create the best, bringing it to you. Shirts, coats, wallets, everything we do. Dress with compassion, we're a vegan store. Grapecat.com for more.
0: Please follow us on Instagram at Grapecats. More and more people are looking for good quality clothing, bags, and accessories that lessen the impact on our environment. GrapeCat makes it easier for you to find the top quality animal and eco-friendly products. At GrapeCat, we do the research that saves you time and money. If you're looking for products that make a difference, visit GrapeCat.com today. And while you are there, make sure to check out our events page to see where we will be next. On today's podcast, I talked to Leslie Durso, vegan chef and healthy living educator. Leslie talks about why she became vegetarian at 8 years old, her experience as the first vegan chef at the Los Angeles Food and Wine Festival, and what tools and staples you should have in your kitchen. Here's Leslie. How and why did you become vegan? I stopped eating
1: meat when I was eight years old. I started making the connection even before that. And it was just something that just didn't sit right with me. And at eight years old, someone said, oh, are you a vegetarian? And I was like, what's a vegetarian? And they said, someone that doesn't eat meat. And I was like, my jaw hit the floor. I couldn't believe that there were other people in the world out there like me and that it was okay to not eat meat. I didn't know any of these people personally, but I ran home and I was like, mom, I'm a vegetarian. And she's like, no, you're not. And I was like, yeah, I am. And, uh, and it was a struggle definitely at first. I mean, that's a big decision for a kid of eight years old to be making about their life, but I'm very hard headed, stubborn person. And so I persisted and eventually my family came around to the idea and it got me in the kitchen and cooking and, and that, was, and that was it. I never had another piece of meat ever since.
0: So were they supportive of it?
1: They didn't quite understand it. I think they thought it was a phase that I was going through. I, my dad still jokes around that it's still a phase that I'm going through, <laughs> which obviously it's been many, many years and is not a phase I'm going through. I've built my life around it. Yeah. I mean, they were as supportive as they could be, really supportive of all of our decisions that we made in our lives. And uh, this one took a little bit longer to understand, but they really really get it now. And they see what I'm doing. And they're proud of what I'm doing.
0: How did you learn to cook? How
1: did I learned to cook. Well, I grew up in a mostly Italian family. And my great grandmother, my both my grandmothers and my mother were all huge, huge cooks. And we grew up, you know, dinner was on the table every night at 6pm. And there was a ton of people around the table that you had to feed. So that automatically meant meant helping in the kitchen. And I had a natural curiosity for cooking and food, and I loved seeing how things came together and, you know, creating new different flavor profiles. And I loved learning all the traditional dishes as well as exploring new ones and my mom was very very supportive of me being in the kitchen with her cooking she always took the time to teach me how to do things and answered all of my questions that I was curious about and took me to the grocery store and let me pick out vegetables in the produce department that looked weird and funky and interesting and she really indulged my curiosity in food and so I really owe her a lot Uh, as being such a fantastic teacher and mentor. But it was just something that I always really, really loved. And then, I mean, I never imagined when I was a kid that I was going to become a chef later in life. This is not the first career choice that I, I made, but it's definitely the one that makes me the most happy. And I love what I do now.
0: So did you start with a cookbook? Or did you just experiment
1: when learning? I mean, at eight years old, the only vegetarian cookbooks out there were, you know, published in the 70s. And they were you know, a bunch of hippie stuff. And I remember my mom one Christmas bought me a bunch of vegetarian cookbooks and we were flipping through them. And I'm like, none of this food looks very good (laughs) or sounds very good. You know, it was a bunch of ingredients that we had never heard of before, a bunch of seeds and stuff like that. So instead of really going to the vegetarian resources, I just went to what my family was doing and sort of made Um, meatless versions of what they were already cooking you know if my mom was making chicken parmesan I was making eggplant parmesan if you know she was making tomato bolognese I was that's really got me and then later in life when I became started traveling I mean I travel the world and I'm inspired everywhere I go and now I'm fascinated by culinary cultures and I will sit and watch people cook and I'll go in their homes and watch them cook and I'm fascinated by going to grocery stores that's the first thing I want to do in any new country that I go to is to see what they eat, see how they live and and adapt that and create and turn it into something that is plant-based.
0: When and how did you decide to become a chef? Oh
1: my goodness. Well, I was an actor for a while and that turned into hosting a show with Bill Nye the Science Guy and it was an education science show and I fell in love with the idea of educating people. I always loved teaching and I thought it was just the neatest thing coolest vehicle in the world to speak to people and I was like well science is not exactly my thing so when that show ended actually it was Bill who was very encouraging that I should go into the food world because I would you know make food for everyone on set all the time and bring food in and I was always talking about food and he said you know you should you should really do something with that and I was like okay I want to become a vegan chef and and that'll be that and uh I went home and I was like, all right, how do I become a vegan chef? And at the time, there were no vegan culinary schools. I was like, well, I'm not going to go to regular culinary school. So I uh, just started working and studying. And I started, you know, digging and and compiling an entire hard drive full of recipes that I created and looking again at other food cultures around the world and seeing how other people were eating and how I could create vegan versions of what they were doing and just sort of
0: taught myself. And did you start out as... Doing segments and then a show or how did that go?
1: After I decided I was going to do the food thing and I was going to be a chef, I mean, it was kind of nice that I already had the TV background so that I could kind of dip my feet back into the food television world again. I mean, fairly soon after I judged an episode of Food Network's Cupcake Wars and they've been kind enough to have me back to do a couple episodes on Food Network. And TV comes naturally to me. It's a really easy... A way to communicate your message to a a wide, broad audience, which I love. Uh, I love talking to non vegans about eating healthy. And that gives me the platform. I love doing the doctor show. I love Home and Family which is the morning show on Hallmark Channel. I like getting my message across doing TV. It's fun. And then, you know, the digital stuff has followed. And I just feel really blessed that I've had so many fabulous opportunities to get to share my message.
0: Who are the biggest inspirations for your career?
1: I mean, honestly, the biggest inspiration for my career is Martha Stewart. I I really feel strongly about creating a eco-friendly version of the kind of empire that she's created
0: have you taken some of her recipes and made them vegan
1: yes many actually i i did a whole little, little veganizing martha stewart thing and i was veganizing her spring asparagus tart and a couple other recipes yeah she's great i mean there's nobody bigger and better at, at entertaining and bringing people together
0: you're at expo west this weekend what are such yeah. things that you saw
1: Oh my gosh, Expo is such a fun weekend. If you guys don't know what it is out there, Natural Products Expo is the largest expo of its kind showcasing the latest and greatest in the natural um, space. So everything from food is the biggest component to lifestyle, there's health, there's beauty, there's supplements, there's clothing, basically the entire natural world. And uh, man, it is such a fun event to get to see what's new and what's what companies are evolving into and what they're doing. And this year it was just so cool for me because I don't think there's ever been more non-vegan companies creating vegan options within their lines because they're seeing the demand for – non-dairy items and egg-free items and and gluten-free items so all of these mainstream lines are also creating these these alternatives within and that's really exciting and there's just so much cool stuff out there
0: was there a favorite product you saw oh my gosh i mean
1: for sure there were oh my gosh there were so many definitely hail mary one of my favorite companies they make a vegan, gluten-free, raw um, desserts. They do tarts and macaroons, and then they also do nut mixes as well. And they've got these little mini tarts with all these new flavors that they just launched that were so Outrageously delicious. And you can find them at Whole Foods and Costco's and everywhere across the country. And again, it's so exciting to see products like that make it into Costco. I mean, 10 years ago, if you told me there was gonna be raw, gluten-free vegan products in Costco, I'd be like, You're gonna be kidding me. But Costco is really stepping up their game. They're the second largest organic retailer in the country now, and that's pretty cool. Okay, what else did I see? Um, the piping gourmets. I love those women. They make vegan gluten-free whoopie pies that are so good. Man, I'm just talking about the desserts. (laughs) Oh, well, if we're going to finish with dessert, Natamu makes coconut-based ice cream that is out of this world. Oh, my gosh. It is so creamy and so delicious. I've given it to so many um, regular ice cream eaters that prefer it because It's creamier and it's richer than the dairy version. They're headquartered in uh, Austin, I believe, in Texas. And uh, yeah, you can find their ice cream nationwide though and it's so good. Not a moo. And let's see, what else did I see that I loved? Oh gosh, so much. Miyoko is making some really fantastic um, faux cheeses. She's really the best in the biz at making faux cheese. Uh, Her stuff is so stinking tasty. What else was neat? I mean, Gardene's got a ton of new products. Follow Your Heart's got a ton of new products. It's just really exciting to see all these companies grow and have such a huge demand.
0: Do you think just the amount of products that are coming out is the biggest change since you started?
1: Oh, absolutely. That, you know, the entire culture is embracing it more. You know, when I was eight years old, growing up in San Diego, there were no vegetarian restaurants. I mean, maybe there was one or two, but I sure as heck didn't ever visit them with my family. And now my gosh, I mean, you can't go to a major city in this country without there being a vegan restaurant and at least having options just about everywhere you go. There's just so much more awareness and yeah, there's, there's nothing that is in the meat world that you can't do without an animal product now. I mean, there's, there's substitutions for everything, so there there's no reason that you have to consume an animal product these days, which
0: is pretty cool. Why is it important for you to spread the word and flavors of veganism to the masses?
1: For me, when I talk to people, it's really about getting them to listen to their bodies, what that means, so that when you eat something and you get a stomach ache, you listen to what it is that that's giving you that stomach ache, and to add a lot more vegetables to your diet. There's nobody on this planet that has optimal um, plant intake. So even if you're going to continue having a animal protein based diet, add a lot more fruits, vegetables, nuts and grains to it. You know, the nutrient dense foods in the world are the ones that come from plants, um not the ones that come from animals. The nutrition or the nutrients that you're getting from animals are usually come from the plants that they're eating, so you might as well just eat the plants straight so everybody can eat a little bit healthier, a little less processed, and a little bit more whole and uh, and can find benefit
0: from that. Do you think veganism and eco living go together?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you can't have one without the other. The biggest thing that you can do to help the environment is to go vegan.
0: What do you enjoy most about being a chef?
1: Oh, cooking for people. I'm Italian. There's nothing that makes me happier than having a house full of people that I love, enjoying delicious food that doesn't only taste fantastic, but is actually also really good for them. And that's what I love. You know, for me, cooking is love. Feeding people is love. It's, it's the biggest form of love that you can show because... You're literally giving them the nutrients that they need in their life to survive and to thrive.
0: What foods should be organic and which ones don't matter? You know,
1: the organic thing, my opinion on it is if you can afford it and there's the option, do it. And if you don't have the option, then, you know, you don't have the option. Ones that, if you have all of the options in the world, ones that I always say are really important to grab organic or is anything grown underground? So, Um, carrots, potatoes, garlic, onions, um, any carrots, anything where you're gonna eat the skin, it's grown underground.
0: Oh, that's a good rule, I haven't heard that. I mean, I I know of the dirty dozen. Uh, What tools should everyone have in their kitchen?
1: This is a great question and I'm glad you asked it. You need the tools, for what you want to cook and the kind of food that you like. I do a lot of private work still and people say, oh, I know I need to get the new the KitchenAid mixer. Well, no you don't, not unless you're gonna be doing a lot of baking. Um, you, you really don't need every single high-end major appliance out there. Uh, obviously, a good set of pots and pans is really the solid basis that you need to have and a nice knife. I always say that you need at least three nice knives. You need a good chef's knife, which is the big one. You need a good serrated knife, and you need a good small everyday knife. And uh, you get those three nice solid ones, and you can do everything with it. And then, you know, you buy what you can afford and what works in your space and what you're going to use all the time.
0: What are some must-have staples that every vegan should have in their kitchen?
1: Pasta, quinoa, brown rice, spices, Spices make everything more flavorful. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions about vegan food is that it doesn't have the bold flavors. Absolutely. can be so delicious. Let's see. What else? Wine. Just kidding.
0: <laughs> Do you have a favorite vegan wine?
1: I have a lot of favorite vegan wines. Uh, you know, I work with, wineries in italy a lot there's one there called curabella that's really fantastic my good friend john sally has got vegan vine which is a fantastic vegan wine but uh you know there are a lot of them barnivore is a fantastic resource for that Uh, if you're curious whether or not your alcohol you're drinking is vegan they really break it down and you know they have such a good network of people that are out there calling and asking all of these brands if they're vegan or not And, you know, in California, there's a lot of uh, wine producers that are vegan, you know, just out of the way that they're doing it. Thought of as the traditional way of making wine is a vegan way of making wine. It's the people that are doing mass production and that are really, you know, making a whole lot of wine that are using all of these shortcuts to taking the sediment out, which makes it a non-vegan wine.
0: Why do you think there's a general aversion to eating vegan?
1: I don't think people like the v word because it draws a line in the sand. It says, this is vegan food and that is not. But there's so many dishes that people eat all the time that happen to be vegan, that you never think of as vegan food. You know, growing up, I eat a ton of spaghetti and tomato sauce. We weren't out to have vegan meals. That was just something that we ate as part of our diet, you know, standard Italian diet. This line of vegan and food just upsets me. There's good food and there's not good food you guys to just make food that tastes good and nobody will think about whether it's vegan or not.
0: Is that why you think plant-based is a growing term that instead of vegan?
1: For sure. I use the term plant-based all the time because it's the way I like to describe my cooking. You know, people think of vegan cooking and they think of, you know, some weird science project uh, that, that's been created. And it's, my food is not that. My food is just really good, whole food, delicious, sor- solid, hearty cooking.
0: What's the biggest lesson you've learned about cooking on TV?
1: Mm, probably learning to chop without looking down.
0: <laughs> That's a good skill for not losing a finger.
1: It's a very good skill for not losing a finger. Uh, but also, you know, it always amazes me, like when I shot The Doctors, I did a, a, The last episode was an episode on um, breakfast and the second I was done, the entire crew rushed the stage to eat the food. And it's so fun. And everyone's talking about how delicious it is and how wonderful it is and how they're going to make this. And that's what excites me. When people taste good, healthy food and they get excited about it.
0: What drives you mad about veganism? Intolerance. Intolerance to people or intolerance to animals or a vegan Both. vegan uh, intolerance or non-vegan intolerance?
1: Both. And they're really—that's you know—both sides of the fence really have to have to start, you know, get letting their guards down and showing the love. Because as a as a vegan, it's I don't ever want to tell somebody they're right or they're wrong about anything in their life. This is the choice that I've decided to make in my life, and it's what works best for me. And I respect anybody's decision to make the decision that's best for them. Um, in that moment. You know, and everyone's in a different place in their food and their health journey in life. And people come to the decisions they're going to when they're ready for it. So it's really difficult to point fingers and, and say bad things about people. And, you know, listen, very few of us were born out of the womb vegan. And so everybody's had to go through their own journey. So instead of being mean to people that are not quite as enlightened as they are, I always encourage people to just share a meal, invite people over cook for them. Give them love and they'll see it and want to return it in favor. When you point fingers and start yelling and screaming at people, I mean, look at what's going on with politics right now. As soon as you start pointing fingers and building hatred in your heart towards other people, bad things happen. And the same thing happens in the vegan, non-vegan communities. And it's really sad. I just want everyone to come together and Enjoy each other and enjoy good food.
0: What is a step someone could take today to become vegan?
1: When you're at that lunch counter today, breaking for lunch at work, just order plant-based. It's just that simple.
0: I know you're doing a retreat to Italy. What other retreats are you doing?
1: I do a few a year. I love doing retreats with people. I'm doing a couple in Italy this year, probably one to South America and maybe one to Asia as well. Uh, two Italian ones this year, really fantastic. One is a all-female vegan trip that we're doing in April that's all booked up. And then I've got one in July. I team with Rick Scalzo, the founder of Gaia Herbs, which is a phenomenal um, herbal company, herbal supplement company that's all vegan. They use vegetables in their gel caps. And uh, Rick is a Ayurvedic doctor and just incredible homeopath. And we do a nature cure retreat on the Amalfi Coast. And it's so fun. It's days of cooking, days of hiking, days of treatments. You know, every morning is yoga and Qigong and self-massage. And it's just a really wonderful, wonderful trip.
0: Do you have any travel tips for vegans?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Be nice. Smile. You're in somebody else's home. You're in somebody else's country. And be polite. There's so many fabulous vegan restaurants now popping up all over the world, uh, which is really neat to see. But then, you know, a lot of cultures have a lot of dishes that are naturally vegan that you just have to look out for. You know, in Indonesia, you go into any restaurant there, whether they're serving meat or not, and the house specialty is always their homemade tofu. Uh, So how lucky are we that we get to, to have this delicious homemade tofu you know, the spotlight of the restaurant is is vegan. But as far as like hardcore tips, learn a couple uh, sentences and phrases that are going to be helpful. You know, I am a vegan. Most people don't know what vegan means, but they'll know what other things mean. Like when you're in Asia, say that you're a strict Buddhist because that's basically the same thing as vegan. They just don't know that word. Uh, and a lot of countries just know vegetarian. So if you say strict vegetarian, no milk, no no dairy, no eggs... They'll understand what you're talking about. There's a great app called v- VeggieGoGo that has some simple phrases that will translate into just about any language under the sun. So that's neat to have, too, that you can just, you know, have on your phone, show it to a waiter. As long as you smile, the smile goes a long way in foreign language. What is I guess the- my other tip would be to bring food. <laughs> you know, that seems like a, a simple no brainer brainer, but especially when you're on the airplane, there's nothing, especially if you're on a long flight, there's nothing like being on a 16, to 18 hour long flight where there's nothing to really eat it except for potato chips and, and pretzels that they've got on the airplane. So make sure that you've got, you know, you can bring fresh food on fresh fruit and food on the plane. You just can't bring it into the country where you're going. So you can bring an apple and a banana and an orange. You just have to eat it before you get off the plane.
0: What has been your biggest struggle? Uh,
1: What's been my biggest struggle? Really, you know, probably getting people to get past the V word and to understand that good food is good food, no matter what it's made from. And uh, getting away from the labels and the stigma that, uh, that veganism is a strange thing. It's very normal.
0: What is your biggest victory?
1: Well, being the first vegan chef to participate in a food and wine festival was pretty cool. The slot they gave me was on the seafood day and it was incredible. I was cooking on the beach with Morimoto and Wolfgang Puck and Carrie Simon and just these incredible culinary legends. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I gotta make, the theme is seafood. What am I gonna make? (laughs) And I made these watermelon and watercress spring rolls that cut on the diagonal so they look like tuna. I compressed the watermelon and I served it with a Peruvian pepper sauce. And man, it was awesome. It was so fun. And Morimoto came over and shook my hand and he was like, that was delicious. And I almost fainted, you know? It's one of the biggest culinary giants in the world. Great. And it was just neat to see everyone take vegan seriously there. You know, I had a line the entire time. And it was just really cool. And it got written up in a lot of magazines as one of the coolest dishes of the festival. And it's just made me so happy. You know, you just got to think a little bit. But here are these other chefs just, you know, they're making sushi. Who's never had sushi before? And I love um, the joint dinners. I just did a dinner down in San Diego at the La Valencia Hotel. Um, A friend of mine is the chef there. And they were doing a benefit for a farm. And he called me and he goes, hey, what would it look like if we did it vegan? I've never done a vegan meal before, but all of the, they want us to use all the produce from the farm and it's so beautiful. What if we just celebrate the plants and do it plant-based? I was like, I think that's an excellent. <laughs> so it was for 250 people, all meat eaters, and we got six chefs, including myself, and I was the only vegan chef. Everybody else was a local chef in San Diego that owned a restaurant all meat eating restaurants and they all cooked vegan for the night. And it was so fun to see these guys. And I was also the only female chef, but it was so fun to see these guys in the kitchen getting really creative with vegetables. I mean, it was beautiful. It was so exciting and they loved it. I mean, this one guy who was cooking next to me owns a pork restaurant in San Diego and all they do is pork. And I was like, well, what, what food service are you using to bring your vegetables in? And he goes, the only vegetables I order for the restaurant are lettuce and tomatoes and pickles. I'm like, are you serious? That's the only fresh food you have in the whole restaurant? And he goes, yeah, it's just pork. Oh, I was like, God. wow, that's unbelievable. But he made this salad that was so good, he's putting it on his menu with no pork. Restaurant consulting where I come in and I create vegan menu items for – the menu based on what they already have coming in and the, the food that they have. Because I'm a big proponent that every restaurant should have a vegan menu item on it, not just to, to feed the vegans, but anyone that wants a healthier alternative. And it costs the restaurant nothing except for the money to reprint the menus. They make so much more money, so much more profit off of a vegan dish than off of a meat dish, it's crazy. And you know, and I always tell people, it's not that you're, you're gonna to cater to two vegans that wanna go out to dinner. What you're doing is you're, you're getting the entire group. You're getting the group of friends that has one vegan in it that they can't go to your restaurant because you don't have something for Leslie or James to eat. So they're going to go somewhere where that person has an option. And if you create that
0: option, you get the group. And a lot of meat eaters are wanting to not have meat at every meal either.
1: Right, you know how many places call me after I put a veggie burger on their menu saying, "Are veggie burgers out selling our meat burger?" I'm like, people love a good veggie burger, you know, mm-hmm. whether you eat meat or not. you just you feel like you're being a little bit healthier and you love a good veggie burger. I mean, honestly, it's the small victories too. Every single time a meat eater eats one of my dishes and says, Wow, I didn't know that vegetables could taste this good that Makes everything that I do worthwhile.
0: Do you have any projects coming up?
1: Oh my goodness. What projects do I not have coming up? (laughs) Yes, I have a lot of projects coming up. I've got retreats. I am working on a show. I've got my digital shows. I've got a lot of projects (laughs) coming up. You'll just have to stay tuned to get the details. I can't share all of them right now.
0: What are you grateful for?
1: Oh my goodness. I am grateful for my health, and I'm grateful for all of the wonderful, supportive people I have around me. Email me. uh, Message me. I love social media. It's so fun. I'm very responsive to people, as long as you're not mean. Um, I love interacting with other people and seeing what they're doing and hearing their stories. So yeah, social social media, email me. Do you have a
0: favorite social media?
1: Probably Instagram. I love me some Instagram. It's really fun. And then also I'm getting into the live streaming. I love Periscope. It's really cool. And it's a fun thing. You're going to see – I'm going to start a series where I mail out a recipe during the week. And we come together on Sundays. And everybody goes gets the ingredients. And then Sunday we'll cook the recipe together on live streaming. Is that going to be cool?
0: That's going to be fun.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited about that. We need a good name for it, so let me know if you have a good name. Okay, cool. Yeah, and uh, if anybody wants to learn how to cook anything, you know, I do like life hack videos that I post every single week, are really about. Uh, you know, simple tips and tricks in the kitchen, everything from how to properly dice a tomato to how to hydrate dry beans. And it's really a technique class. So I always encourage people if they want to learn something, just leave it on the comments. And I'll make those videos.
0: Thank you for doing this interview.
1: Oh, my gosh, thank you for having me. I'm a big fan.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Grapecat Vegan Fashion and Business Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find the show notes at grapecat.com. Do us a favor, before you go, please take a few seconds to rate this podcast. It is a key way to get this podcast higher in the ranks, which will make it more accessible to people who truly need this information. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Make sure you never miss a future episode of this podcast by subscribing. If you have any questions or guest ideas, please send them to podcast at grapecat.com. Thank you for dressing compassionately.
1: Creating a vision, seeking our passion, cat, compassion, fashion. Made in the U.S., eco-friendly, high quality without getting all spendy. We create the best, bringing it to you. Shirts, coats, wallets, everything we do. Dressed with compassion, we're a vegan store. Grapecat.com for more.